During the week, Murdo McKinnon teaches business and computing, but on a Saturday, he's the man trying to grow Pollock's output on the park. He's been boss at Newlands Field since October 2018 and joins us on the show tonight. When football went into lockdown, Murdo had the lock flying high in second spot in the West Region Premiership and preparing for a Scottish Cup semi-final. Now it's about getting a side ready for the new West of Scotland League setup whenever football resumes. We'll discuss how he's dealing with the uncertainty and look back on a management career in the juniors, which has also taken in spells with Ashfield, Irvin Meadow and Blantyre Vicks. Plus, we'll reflect on his years as a player and youth coach with Rangers, Hamilton and St Mirren. It's all here on Down the Divisions. Well, we're recording this on Monday, which means yesterday was Father's Day. Paul, did your boys pull out all the stops? Done very well. Do you know what? I actually got one of those cards. I got a moon pig card. They ever received a moon pig where they sent a photograph? That's a large one. Ah. So uh, they sent a ah, personalised card and had a little lump in my throat when that come through. Some good memories on the front, but uh, I done well, as usual. Uh, what memories were they? Uh, was it was it pictorially done? Did they get a few photographs um, together? Ah, it was a few photographs of... Uh, trips away and days out we've had and all that kind of stuff so I very nice enjoyed it good stuff well I guess uh, I guess the best present of all would be to have football back eh of course it would be but listen, listen we're not going anywhere soon so we just get on with it and uh, I think the schools and that are finishing up next week anyway and it's a yeah. summer holidays for, for a lot of people even though we're still in lockdown but uh, yeah let's get the next few months out of the way well, it's good to have you all listening. We're here every Wednesday with a new episode. If you've got any comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Pollock manager Murdo McKinnon is our guest this week. Murdo, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Before we uh, before we chat some more, we've got the down the divisions decider as ever, where one of us gives four clues for a particular year. Davis threw the toys out the pram last week when Law came from one 0 down to go two one up. But you got a chance to go level again this week. Are you uh, you feeling the pressure a little bit? Ah, it depends what you're going to ask, and that. That's an easy one this week, Paul. So you should uh, have no problem. You tell me that every week, right? Fire away. <laughs> right, going, going first. We'll bring you in on this, Murdo. Uh, right, this week we're looking for the year when Dr. Howard Shipman was found dead in his cell a day before his 58th birthday. Let's narrow it down. Clyde Bank won Central League Division 2. Arsenal's Invincibles became the first team to win the Premier League after going a whole season unbeaten. And Jose Mourinho guides Porto to the Champions League and is named Chelsea's new manager. Hmm. Don't all shout at once. Night Murdo, fire away. 2004. I think Murdo's got it. I think it is 2004. I hope this is right, Murdo. Telling you. 2004, it was. Final answer. Yeah. Do you want me to change? Or? No, no. That's I know Right, okay, 2004. Right, we'll find out the answer at the end of the show. I'm David Gormley, manager of Rossville Football Club, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. 
Pollock boss Murder McKinnon is our guest tonight. As I say, um, Murder, I mentioned at the start of the show how well you were doing when the season stopped. How gutting was it for you that that happened at that point? Uh, it was disappointing. It was disappointing. Listen, it was disappointing way to, to end any any season. Uh, I'd have to say totally understandable. You know, firstly, people's health and you know their well-being is is, is paramount. And that, that's first and foremost. Um, I think we we had a relatively good season sitting second in the league. Although there were a couple of teams behind us that had you know numerous games in hand. You know, so. Um, as I say, I wouldn't I wouldn't sit here by any means and and suggest that we'd have went on to win the title ourselves, but we would have continued to kind of fight strong. We were coming on to a, a game our form was um, improving at that at that point, and, and like you mentioned, we you know we were looking forward to competing in a, a junior cup semi final. You were eleven points off kill winning, weren't you? And yeah, you had three games in hand over them, so. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things to be taken in con- into consideration, isn't there? If, if if the rest of the season had played out the way it should have, well, for sure. And, and you know, obviously, Cowan had a really good season themselves, and and Chris has got his boys playing good football and stuff like that as well. They're two tightly, you know, contested games that we both of us winning a game each, and you know, so. Um, but no, we were, we we had them in our in our sights, you know, to try and go and um, and, and catch them for sure. Um, and really, that's all you can do is take care of your own kind of business um, and not worry about what's going on around about in games, you know. Um, as I say, with people with games in hand and stuff, so it's getting the points on the board. And I'm sure the other the other managers with you know similar thinking, you know, in in terms of that. But you know, like I say, our form was good and it was improving at that point. Um, and we were really coming on to a game, you know, so it was it was unfortunate for us and, you know, the time that um, we caught a hold. But like I say, I would have to emphasise that, you know, it, although being very disappointing, um, understandable. How do you feel, Murdo, the way it was settled in terms of the average points? Which, what was Pollock's take on that and your, and your committee's thoughts on it? To be honest, we have not really had a, a lot of, you know, discussion in our committee about it, you know, to get their thoughts, you know, I can really give my own opinion um, on the average, the average points thing. That I mean, that, that had to be settled in some way. I would say, Paul. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think the majority of people would have um, thought that null and void would have been a better way um, of doing it. I would have to say, I, I, it's not something that I would have liked to have done myself as one a, a title that that way. And I, and I don't mean that by any any disrespect to Tottenham Lake or whatever. You know, they were awarded the title, and I can understand. To a certain extent, why they awarded the title because they had so many games in hand and probably a good chance that they'd overtaken everybody to go on and maybe win a, a, another league title. They're such a strong side, you know. So uh, you know, there's a credit there to them. But I'd have thought maybe Null and Void would have been the 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 best way. I have heard that you know there may have been consequences in terms of the senior cup and stuff like that. Who would have been presented? You know, is the, the the representatives of the junior scene within that cup, um, and you know, so there's a catch, there's a catch twenty two. Um, I can understand going and being top of the league and and uh, you know being disappointed themselves, you know, and being kind of eleven points clear of us and so many points more clear out and like, and uh, you know, I get that, I get that, I get that as well. I do know that you know I know a couple of the, the, the Talbot boys and stuff like that as well, and you know I, I wouldn't be suggesting that they they were away celebrating the league title or anything like that. It was 
it was something that was just landed near laps and it's no of their doing. They just need to go on with it, same as the rest of us need to go on with it, you know. Um, in terms of the, the senior cup and the kind of representation of that, I, I do believe you know, somebody has to, has to go there. But for a number of years, I've been you know, frustrated. But, you know, Alton Lake have been very, very successful in our league for, you know, over the last decade, I would suggest. And there's quite a few years where they've won both the league and the Scottish Junior Cup. And again, credit to them because, you know, really, really good side. But, you know, my understanding was it was a, there was a position for our league champions. West Region League champions and the Junior Cup champion. I've never understood why the, when Alton Lake won both trophies, there wasn't a second position, a, a second team put forward. You know, um, not just Paul, you know, whoever else. Had, you know, I would, I would have probably said whoever finished second in the league because it was over such a you know, period of time. Listen, I'm sitting here as Paul manager with no complaints about Alton Lake being, being champions. Um, uh, but, you know, it's up to the rest is really to then you know, look at why that is, you know, they've been why they've been so dominant over the last ten years and why this season again they've been kinda of dominant and had so many games in hand and I don't think there's any manager that would realistically say that, you know, if you're sitting with nine games, Alton Light have to lose seven of them. That just doesn't happen. We always on the show kinda of refer to Auckland Lake and Pollock as the kind of flagship clubs down down the divisions. Uh, certainly in terms of the size and the budgets and, and stuff that that you guys have. How far away would you say Pollock is from Auchinleck in terms of, uh, for the last few years, obviously they've done well in the Scottish Cup and the league. Do you think you're close? Do you think you're... Listen, I, I, that's that's my job. I, I'm, I'm kind of straightforward with it, Paul. You know, Auchinleck are, you know, they've been a formidable side enough to be respected for what they've done. But, you know, my job isn't you know, to look at Auchinleck. My job is to look at Pollock and making sure that we're on the right track and doing the right things. I think we are. I think we're get, we've made um, great leaps over the last couple of year, couple of seasons. I've been there, um, getting to the point now where you know I'm not wanting a big turnover of players anymore. You know I've got a really good squad, talented players, and it's kind of adding one or two. Um, but listen, it's it's a tough, tough task. You know, going to Open Lake, them coming to us, they're tough, tough games, huge games. I mean, we competed in a, a quarter final. The Scottish Cup, you know, a couple of seasons back then, there was eighteen hundred people on it, you know, so that shows the kind of magnitude of the clubs. It's phenomenal, you know. Um, but listen, my job is to get part in a place where we can knock Ottenlet off their pedestal. That's obviously easier said than done, um, but it's something we'll strive, you know, to to be highly competitive, to go and win trophies. And as I say, it's the biggest trophies at Port. You're absolutely right. It's it's not about winning, you know, the, the, and I mean, there's no disrespect to these trophies, it's great to win everything, but, you know, the aim at Pollock's winning leagues and winning the, the, the Scottish Cup, that was that was the aim. Obviously, a new setup, new league, um, new trophies to be, you know, competing for. Obviously, we've still got the Junior Cup to 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 um, compete for also. So, you know, it's the biggest trophies that, you know, that, that, that we need to be going and, and competing for, um, um, running, running about them, and that's the ones up and light I've been winning. Quite consistently over the last over the last, last decade, so I would probably suggest, in terms of improvement for us, it's probably a consistency, Paul, that we need to add to ourselves. You know, we can we could because we put in some great football, some great performances, really talented players, but maybe we let ourselves down in terms of our consistency a wee bit. You know, we go through wee spells, maybe we have a wee low and it, maybe lets us down a wee bit. So it's it's finding that finding that I would suggest. You've kind of set up my next question quite nicely, Middo, because I was going to say to you. 
with this new structure, how does that leave Pollock? I mean, over the years, we've heard stories about do junior clubs have the ambition? Do they want to go up the leagues? Obviously, this whole new setup now has opened that that corridor, isn't it? And do you feel there's a structure there at Pollock now whereby, you know, you're an ambitious club, you've got the following, you mentioned the kind of following that you can attract on, on the on the on the big days do, do you think you can actually now push on and and the, and the aim would be to five years down the down the road or however many years down the road to be in that spfl well we are we are certainly an ambitious club you know um i did mention the phone you know our average support you know is uh, our average attendance is really high um we've got a great support that come out week in week out you know Raheel Rainers know and support the, the team in the club which is you know gratefully appreciated um, by everyone at the club in terms of the infrastructure of the club you know we're always looking to improve um so there's, there's a, an awful lot of work with an awful lot of good people going on in the background at Port you know um and as I say you know the, these guys are, are volunteers that they, they work for their club and they try to, they try to improve it and I would suggest that we, we would want to play at the highest level we can I'm not going to sit here and suggest you know we're in the Premier League in five years and this <laughs> and that you know it, it's kind of it's one step at a time we'll see what it, what it takes us you know um but you know we are ambitious and we want to kind of progress in, in, in the pyramid you know and we know there are things that we need to improve upon as a club I certainly know as a as a football perspective I know we need, we need to improve in certain areas there as well um, and, we, and we'll strive to do so Paul have been a flagship club for a for a number of years um, and it's you know kind of leading away with that we want to we want to be the, the kind of forefront of that and kind of moving ourselves forward in this new setup in this new league you know, we're really excited about it there, I look at the Lowland League and I look up and I'm looking at Kelty, who have done remarkably well. You know, I have to say that as a club. You know, and, and I spoke about infrastructure earlier on in your club. You know, Kelty have done remarkably well in what they've done. You know, so they're, they're a good um, good benchmark and they've shown a lot of good practice there in what they've done. You know, so it's maybe, you know, good for other clubs to have a look at that. And, uh, you know, like a BSC, you know, they've had good runs, you know, um, and... You know, the East Co-Brides clubs run about, you know, they've been really, really competitive over the last, you know, few few years. But what I would probably say about it now, I think it's maybe improved the likes of Bonnie Rig and that going in. I think there was a while there where there was maybe a handful of clubs that were really highly competitive. And then below that, it was um, it was a wee bit of a struggle. But when you're adding in the likes of Bonnie Rig for the East Region and clubs like that, I think Bonnie maybe we get in this year and... I'm sure Long Lithgow will be on the on the, the cusp and stuff like that. And then when you add, there have been some clubs coming down now. You know these clubs have kind of sat at the bottom tier of the of the, the the professional divisions for as long as I can remember. Years and been safeguarded with no trap door, with nowhere to you know to faulty. So they, they just remain in the league. But the likes of East Stirling, the likes of Berwick Rangers coming down into that as well. So you can see it's starting to. That mix getting there now is starting to get a wee bit more competitive. And then I would suggest if you're throwing in ourselves and Alton-Lex, Glenaftons and Coenins and Clydebanks, ambitious clubs and what that and competitive clubs, you know, I, I think it, it, you know, it bodes well for the future, isn't it? That, that league, you know, it becomes highly, Absolutely. highly competitive there as well. And, you know, and, and I just, again, you know, you look back at some of the performances of the junior clubs within the Senior Scottish Cup. Over the years, um, not just recently, but over the years, there's a lot of scouts being taken there. So I think a lot of these senior clubs will be very wary 
it no um, disres- you know, disrespecting the clubs coming up or anything like that because I know they're more than capable I would suggest to, to be competitive and highly competitive at that uh, the bulk of your coaching career has obviously been in the juniors we had news there this week that Wishaw have decided to to no longer use the word juniors in their name is there a is there a part of you that is sad to see the juniors game going as much as there's a there's an excitement around the kind of heralding of a new dawn? Um, well, well, you know, firstly, you know, I'm sad about the the, the junior the junior setup. The junior setup isn't totally gone, of course. It's only yeah. kind of the west region, which still got the north uh, leagues and stuff like that that are, that are still there. But uh, you know, it is it is sad to to see it kind of break up to a certain extent. A lot of these teams going last couple of years and then ourselves you know um, and the reason for that there's a great history in the junior game isn't there that, you know in yeah. the junior cup finals you look back on West of Scotland cup finals some of the great players that have played in them the great occasions you know some of the supporters you know they kind of they're a wee bit on in their years now you know they, they think back fondly of these times and they talk about these times and some of the stories they tell you are great and all are fantastic so it, it is quite you know it is quite sad in that way you know so I'll always have fond memories of that, that as well but I um, also believe, you know, the decision's been made now and, and we're moving, so we need to be forward-thinking now. You know, we can't be thinking of the past. We, we do respect our roots and where, where we've been, of course. Of course we do. Um, and, you know, a lot of clubs still retaining their junior FA membership, allowing titles them to compete in the Junior Cup. And I think the, um, there's a romance about that, isn't there? You know, and clubs still wanting to compete there uh, in that as well, and ourselves being one of them. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's sad, but again, exciting new chapter. Forward thinking, the pyramid system's opened up for us. Mm-hmm. Sky's the limit, you know, type type of stuff. And clubs can find their own level, and they can um, they can progress. You know, um, some might not have any short term, you know, plans of uh, progression up through through the divisions, but it certainly gives them opportunity um, down the road once once you know they, they, they do whatever work that they feel is necessary you know because every club's different as well Paul I'll tell you you know I've been at club, clubs myself where there's two and three two three man committees you know and there's nobody there to help them they're putting up the nets and they're taking them down and you know they're filling the water but they're doing, all, they're doing everything cutting the grass you know and these guys are, you know they deserve a medal on they're on real the service that they put in for their clubs and the dedication they show you know that's, so, that uh, sounds a bit like Paul the other week how many steps did you do cutting that, cutting that uh, pitch 30,000 or something like that. <laughs> 28,000 something like that that's in it, and, and that's what people do because they love the game they love their club you know they, they, they do that so um, you know that has to be you know commended you know and um but no, listen, new, new setup, new league, forward thinking, new ideas, new ways of doing things. People have been shouting about things for years, you know, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And now we've got the opportunity to do it. And like I say, you know, next next season will be interesting how that develops and seeing how um, how the divisions unfold. We spoke in the week, Murdo, and uh, you were telling me that kind of most of your business has been done. Thanks, you touched on it tonight in the show. Uh, I remember looking to add two or three. Is it easier? Obviously, you managed at Ashfield. Is it easier when you're at Port to, to attract the players? Is it? Uh, are you still finding competition from other teams? Is there a an element that people want to come and play for Pollock? Mm. Um, uh, it is different. I would say that firstly, Port is 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 different. Um, the kind of resources that we've got at my disposable the disposal, then in comparison to what I had. Um, 
at Ashfield myself and Stevie I'd have to say I was assistant at Ashfield for a, a long time with Stevie and honestly done a remarkable job absolutely remarkable job but it was very different we were very fortunate at Ashfield to um, gather a, a group of players and we kept the cohort of that together there was a consistency to it through the years um, we, we kind of took them from the bottom division all the way through to the top division and you know and um, at the end up we were really really competitive we were fighting for big trophies you know West of Scotland Cup finals and we won the Evening Times Cup and on the way to the Premier League we won the you know the, it was the Super First Division it was called at that point um, so we, we were very very successful but that was a crop of players we, we got you know, we got together. We we gradually added one or two in the way in the way through that journey, and um, and like I say, you know, the likes of Paul Maxwell, Mark Thompson's, Sean Fraser who plays for me now, Gary McCann who plays for me now, adding Jamie Smith who's over 300 senior appearances to his name, centre back Andy Brand, ex senior. You know, a very very good side, very good side um, at the time. But again, all things come to an end with that. You know, um, but coming to Pollock. It is different. You are still competing against other clubs because I think even now, Paul, the level of finance has gone up. You know, still still dramatic. It seems to go up every year. Even this year again, there are clubs that have come in and you know that they are you know um, flexing their muscles a wee bit and showing some fi- financial clout. Do you know? And, oh. <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm not saying that. Um, I know I know Michael very well too. He's grew up together the same area. I know that. You know, say he's a Carlton boy as well, isn't he? He's a Carlton boy. I know. Two has grew up together. You know, Michael's a good lad and going well. But he's um, yeah, they're doing their business. We're we're doing ours. Everybody, you know, listen, it is it is competitive because you know if there's a player that's a standout in there in the league, you know, there's maybe probably three, four, five clubs after them you know um, and it, and I would probably have to say it's down to the player themselves or some players in my, that I've had in my experience who it's like whoever's giving me the most money that's who I'm signing for and some of them are quite blunt about that and, um, and then there's the other player the other type of player that will sit in front of you and say money doesn't matter it's about about the football to you offer them what you're offering them and then it does matter <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And then you know, and then there's the player that that, that wants that that's got a bit of ambition about them and want to they want to come to come and play. It, it is listen, it is it is competitive. The other thing about about Paul, you know, when in the difference with Ashfield, people came and spoke to you with with that understanding probably in that that when you went to Ashfield to talk to Ashfield, you were gone because it was the football because you knew there was no money there, so you were gone and you whatever you got was a bonus. You know what I mean, type of stuff. Um, whereas maybe some of the lads that maybe you'd speak to as Pollock manager, they're coming with this idea in their head that you know what, I can get this and I can get that you know, and they've maybe spoke to a couple of people and you know what the rumour mill's like in the game and as, as well, you know, they're getting paid 400 quid a week and they're, they're getting this and getting that, which is just complete, a total of nonsense, you know, you know but they, they come with that and again, some of the boys that have sat in front of me it's scary what they've asked for, you know you know, and it is like, well, thanks very much and thanks for your time. Handshake, see you later. <laughs> that type of stuff. Um, but, you know, you know, uh, it, it's, I would say about the junior game itself, it's not all just about the money. I think the quality has improved. You know, the football, the football has improved. You know, it has, people have, you know, misconceptions about the junior game. You know, now it's not what it was, you know, maybe back in the day, but it was very, very physical and whatever else. You know, there's a lot of really good football. It's evolved dramatically I would suggest over the last 15 years or so um, 
So there's a lot of good football being played in, a lot of very good football players um, coming coming into the league, dropping down for the seniors and, and obviously developing for the for the youth kind of ranks and stuff, the under twenty ones leagues and all that sort of stuff, you know. So there's been a lot of you know, talented, talented boys, you know, being in the juniors and even stepped on again into the seniors, you know. So the resources I have now in comparison to what Stevie and I had in our time at Ashfield are kinda of night and day. I'm gonna take you back to <laughs> the time you and Stevie got appointed at Ashfield what, what, what were the resources like so obviously this interests me as well because I know right. kind of, I inherited when I first went into the junior ranks bottom division it, it, it's, it's so tough and, and oh, nothing people have no idea nothing I, I was a player for Stevie firstly you know it was him and Willie Patterson Willie was assistant manager right. and we, our co-manager I think they were at the time with Stevie and and I was playing there and I remember and it was nothing you know it was one of these places that you went into I would, what I would say to you is you know I mentioned the history it was steeped in it you could smell it you know the history of the place when you walked in, in the doors I mean you're talking about a club who produced a lesbian line you know and, and Stevie Chalmers um, and you know there was a lot of great players came through Ashfield back in the day but the, the, the club was really really down um, and it's like there was nothing there, you know. The boys were, were totties, you know, the name markers, bibs, you know, it, it, there was absolutely nothing. The resources were at the min. Um, in terms of getting paid and that, you know, you've only paid a wage, you know, you maybe got, you know, 50 quid or something like that, you know, it was Christmas, some, something like that. But I went there because I knew Stevie and I knew Willie, you know. Um, I know I've known, I'd known them for a long time and. You know, and there was probably a trust they built up over the years that, you know, getting to know these guys and you get treated well with them. So you always go back, don't you, with, with, with these guys. But when Wally left, Wally left and went to Glencairn. He got the manager's job, him and Scott Smith at Glencairn. And, and, uh, and obviously Stevie knew I was coaching in the kind of academies and stuff like that. Um, so I was at St Merlin initially and then I, I think I was at Hamilton when Stephen and, 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 and I started doing some of the coaching sessions with the Ashfield boys and stuff. Um I would, I would have to say I'm a better coach than I was a player I've no doubt about that right it's, you know before we go any any further than that you know a lot of the boys that I coached and I'd played with are really talented football players and you know I was alright you know at the junior level like, that was that, that, that was it you know but um, I enjoyed the coaching I enjoyed doing it and I got that that wee buzz for it you know you get in the dressing room again you know um, and, and probably in the first year that you know, I started working with Stevie. We were really successful, and that wasn't because of me. It was because of the, you know, the crop of players that, that we managed to recruit at that at that time. Again, the likes of Mark Thompsons and stuff like that, and Dan O'Donnells and Tony Chalmers and boys that were really, really good players that were there. Other days was Gordon Passmore, another one, great lad, Passy, you know, smashing player as well. Um, and we were really successful that year, so we got the bite for it, you know, and it, and it kind of just progressed. It progressed for there. I would I would probably say the thing it made us so successful was the relationship Stevie and I had. We we're very very close, very tight. We still are to this day. Still are to this day, you know, very tight indeed. And uh, you know, there was a lot of trust there, and he put a lot of trust in me, you know, to to actually do the coaching and you know and uh, you know you <laughs> listened to what I had to say about about the game and stuff. Like that. And don't meringue, Paul. You know what it's like, you know you're in a position you work closely with somebody yourself and you know there, there's times when he's like nah <laughs> no listen to that and this that but he gave you listen he let, he, let, he let you hear it and you know there was disagreements there was fallouts 
there was all the stuff that got, went align with it, but you know, we were tight, you know, really, really tight all the, all the way through it, and it was successful, you know, it worked, it worked, it worked together. But what I would say about Stevie, talk about, you know, coaching was great, best man manager I've ever, ever seen at this level, honestly. Best man manager. What you know, way, were they just yeah. arm round boys or? Aye, he, he just, he, do you know, Paul, he just, he, he would, he would he had me running through a brick wall for him. You know, just the way he treated you, the way he spoke to you. You know, he, you know, he liked a bit of crack and all that as well with the boys, you know what I mean? He was one of them and, and don't get me wrong, you wouldn't, you wouldn't mess with him. Tell you that now, you wouldn't mess with him. My younger days playing, playing, you know, him and John Conlon and all the charts, you wouldn't mess with any of the two of them. Do you know what I mean? Stevie was quite an imposing guy, you know what I mean? And uh, by all accounts, I didn't see him playing myself, but a very good player in his own, his own, his own right. But you know, um, going going through, putting his arm around players, talking to them, supporting them, Paul. Even you know there were struggles, and there was you know you know what boys are like, you know what happens, you know there's family things that happen, there's different things. The way he supported the boys, you know the way he treated them, you know because you know he knew we didn't give them a lot, you know financially and this and that. So he looked after them Christmas night out, made sure that they were well looked after and. They enjoyed themselves and and all that stuff. You know, they, they, they went along with. He tried his very best for the club and the work that he put in. A lot. It's a lot of the traits he taught me. I've, I've taken on board myself. Do you know? He, he very early doors I picked up for him. For him. Do you know that? You know, we were playing a Saturday. Stevie would be Saturday morning, and he'd come in. And, Where were you? I was away watching a Twenty Ones game. He's reading this. He, he knew. You know, there's no place as a manager for sitting in the house and being lazy. Do you know what I mean? You had to get out and you had to do the work. You know how you know people ask, how did you get these players? How did you get Craig Smith? How did you get Mark Thompson? We went and done the work. You know, we went and mm-hmm. seen them. We got lads like Jamie Darrock and stuff like that as well. We were great junior careers. We went and done the work. We went and watched them. We showed our interest. We did that, and we were able to, you know, talk them into coming. The boys valued that, so they valued that over finance. You know. Yeah. Um. But no, listen. Great times. Great times. We've actually got a close fi- affiliation with Asheville because our, our club sponsors Glasgow Tigers. Right. Uh, and, and, and the reason that's come about is we've got a good friendship with Jerry Fasena who, who owns, the, owns the Tigers up there. Does it amaze you? You've, you've took them from the, the bottom division to the Premier League and now they've come back the way with the, especially with the resources and the facilities that, that Jerry's put on up there as well up at the club. Does it amaze you how they've kind of went back the way at Ashfield? Because they should be much bigger. They should be much bigger. I don't, I don't know about amaze. I don't know about amaze. It saddens me. Uh, I'm sad about. I'm sad about it. I look at. I look at it and I'm sad. That Paul Maxwell's there. You know, Paul's an ex-player. Yeah, Paul's a top striker in his day, by the way. You know, a real handful. Um, but you know, he, he's trying his best. Having Ryan Kelly, another great lad, another ex-player. Yours, you know, they're trying their really be- their, their best to try and progress the club again and they're trying to do the right things and I can see that there you know I can see that they're going the right direction but no I'll not lie to you I was it's been sad to watch them drop back drop back down from the left you know um, you know I often think you know what would they like if I went left what would have, what would have happened but we don't know we don't know you get the opportunity to go and work with other resources and work at other, other clubs and stuff like that at that time was probably it was the right time to to kind of to kind of move, uh, move on. But it, it, listen, it's 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 a club that's kind of still close to my heart and it's still 
you know, very, very much, you know, uh, you know, affiliated with, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of that. Proud of they kind of being part of that club's history and doing what myself and Stevie did there. You know, it was, it is, it's, it's something I'm really, I take great pride in. You know. Well, I mean, when it came to leaving, going to Irvine Meadow, was that just too good an offer to turn down? Aye, aye. Well, Irvine Meadow had been riding high for a lot of years. You know, at that time again, they were, you know, one of the giants in the junior game. And like, like I say, you know, I think it, the success myself and Stevie had was obviously opened some people's eyes, and they, you know, um, thought that they, you know, would come and try and entice us away. You know, and, and I know either were other clubs that had tried to entice us away in the past, and. And Stevie had decided not, wasn't he? For us, I have to say, you know, he was very good at, you know, he'd, he'd always discuss that with me and, you know, what's your thoughts and what, you, what you're thinking, you know, the stuff it wasn't he just, no, I'm not doing it. And, you know, that he was, you know, he was always very considerate in that, in, in that way, that way as well. You know, there was, there were opportunities. I'm not even getting to who the clubs were because it wouldn't be fair to do that, but there, there were opportunities to go to other clubs, you know, really big clubs um, in, in, in the game, um, not in the, in the Premier League at that point. You know, um, so Irvin Meadow was a big opportunity, um, I would say, and you know, a, a massive, massive club. Going down to Ayrshire as well, it was you know, our first experience I kind of managing down there, and it was good. A lot, there's a lot of good people down there, and, and that's kind of one of the greats how that kind of how that kind of finished. You know, but we had, we had a couple of really good sides there. Do you know what I mean? Good players, and again, there were some boys there. You had Mark Thompsons, Gary McCanns, Paul Maxwell's, Sean Fraser's, who had followed us. Stephen Hall, goalkeeper at the start as well, forward us for Ashfield and, and kind of emulated that success, you know, because of that first season, again, we got to the semi-final of the Junior Cup, I think we were 10 minutes away for the Cup final, Hurlford scored late, um, so, you know, we had a really, really good side, but we, we added boys like you, like say, Mark Staunton, you know, really good player, Mark Twaddle, outstanding defender, right. you know, ex-Thistle, Paul, you remember, mm-hmm. aye, aye. really good player. You know, um, Dan Marr at that point was at Darville. Now Dan was a really, really good player for us as well. You know, so we we you know a lot of talent there in, in that squad as well. You know, um, and we were really competitive. It was another season at the Meadow. We first ten league games we'd won the won the ten of them. You know, sitting there with thirty points, I don't get never been done. That's a start. A start and a half. And Certainly helps. We could beat we called Burnley at Christmas. It was after Christmas we get beat three one. We called Burnley. Um, I think Richie Barr was playing with Coburn. He'd left me and went to Coburn. We ten hour and uh, we beat three one. And then our next game was a New Year game, and it was down at Beechwood at Talbot. And we went down there and won two 0 So we thought, right, that's us back on the tracks. Here we go. And you know something? We barely won a game after it. I think we picked up three points the whole season after that. It kind of the wheels came off it a bit. Um, don't know what happened. And unfortunately, that followed into the the the, the next season as well. You know, um, so we had a very, very poor start to the next season. Eventually, we, you know, we lost our jobs. That's, that's still the same players, still the same kind of starting squad. Not Aye, few changes, few changes here and there. Um, I wouldn't get into who the changes were because that would be unfair on the lads. But you know, we almost like putting the blame on the boys that had changed because it wasn't the case because it was the same as season before. You know, it was the end of that season. You know, the form had dipped. You know, we got, you know, in our time at Irvine Meadow, we were very, very hard to beat. Very hard to beat. So we were, you know, we, we would win games 1 0. You know, and, you know, teams would try and bombard us. And at times we did get bombarded and just, no, we were just totally resolute. 
But I remember one game sticks in my mind going down to Trun, I think we got battered 7 1. You know, and Mark Toddle, he got sent off after 10 minutes for a last man challenge. It was that, that, that kind of time. And uh, aye, we just, it was just a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. And you know, is that the same? Is that the same same season as you started with the with the thirty points? Or is this the season after? That was the season after. That was the okay. season after. But the, the kind of run of form Paul would, went on a calendar year. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know. So it finished the, the second half of the first season and then the first half of the second. It wasn't it? Wasn't great? You know. And you know what? You know I'm honest enough to say that I'm sure Stevie has an audio. You know the form wasn't it? It wasn't great, and you were trying to pull the room, get a result. The, the boys' confidence was rock bottom for some reason. But it just shows you how football can change because you're sitting riding high, you know, after 12 games you've got 33 points you know, and then you barely win a game thereafter, you know. The season before that, we lost the league to Oppenleck with three points. I think Oppenleck yeah. were phenomenal that year and all. Three points we lost it, you know, um, it always sticks in my throat. We lost a couple of games, we beat with Cumnock. So we did it um, at Meadow Park. And the rain was battering doing that day, and the pitch was it was saturated. The game should never have been on, um, but we played the game for some unknown reason. I don't know why we did that, and, uh, and we lost it, and eventually lost the league. Do you know what I mean? But there was a couple of results there that games that we should have went and taken care of, you know, and we could have won the league that year and didn't. You know, so it was. Um, but I listen, uh, good memories at Irvine Meadow as well. Good memories, good squad, good team, really, really competitive. You know, um, some really good nights down there, some good people down there as well. Um, it ended, you know, I would have to say in a real sour note, I would have to say that, and we'll get into the, the, the details of it, but it ended in a real sour note. That's probably a regret that I do have in football, you know, how it, how it ended. Um, but it's something you learn for you, something you move on for. How did you deal with that period of time when you, you, you've gone for the success, especially, but it's continued for Ashfield? Into Irving Meadow, great, great start. I certainly know from my my personal point of view, I'm the first person I look at. So seeing a Saturday night, you're going through things, you're going through situations. How did you get through that? I know it's you and Stevie there, but how did you get through that period of time? You must have been doing a lot of soul searching, saying how can we go from from where we've been to kind of this situation? How did you deal with that? With great difficulty, I would have to say I'm I'm like you, you know, we're hat my my sleeve, you know. My wife can tell when we've lost. I don't even need to be here. She can tell when I'm on the phone here. You get beaten. <laughs> My wife knows every Saturday we've been beat. <laughs> she's got a, do you watch know a, a sixth sense to it. <laughs> she's she's been shocked when we've won. <laughs> Aye, you get beat today, didn't you? Aye, just one of them. Um, but, no, it'd be great difficulty. My, my, my mindset was, was, was getting the result, turning the team round, and doing that at the same time was supporting the manager, supporting Stevie. You know, there as well because he was a great support to me, and it was important that I supported him, and it was important that um, I, I did everything in my power, you know, to, to, to help that guy turn that run for what he'd done for me over the years. You know what I mean? And, and the relationship we had, it was it was so important for me to do that. I believe, Paul, to this day, we would have done it. We would have turned it run, and 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 I'm not saying we'd have been competitive and up the league. We certainly wouldn't have been that year because. We were at the foot, and that was an unfamiliar place for us in Meadow and its supporters, and I totally understand that. Um, but I'd, I believe if we were given the time, Stevie, importantly, and, and myself, we would have made the changes required to, to, to keep the, the club in the league. Uh, that, that's certainly for sure, but unfortunately, before Christmas, we were 
um, you know, we were told we were um, out of job, you know, um, and listen, football is a results-driven business, so that's life. I'm not going to sit here and criticise people for that, but it's, um, we were out of job and I'd like to have seen us getting into the new year, at least giving a month into the new year, he turned it around. I, I do believe there were people there who wanted that, but there was a couple who didn't, so... Um, that's, that's football, you move on. That's what you're living, you're learning, you move on. You know. <laughs> it did, I mean, but you weren't out of a job for too long, were you? No, no, I wasn't. Um, I had a, I wasn't. I was going to say I had a nice Christmas and a nice New Year. I, I no, I, I two years were gutted about getting, you know, losing my job at Irving Meadow. I really, you know, gutted about it because you know we. We'd built some great friendships and great relationships, and uh, like I say, things had things swivelled a wee bit. Um, so we're really disappointed, and I mean, you've been in the game so long. Do you know, Steve was in it longer than me for years. Do you know what I mean? Without a break, and it was like, you know, what you do with yourself. Do you know what I mean? Type of thing. Um, but I got the opportunity. Bland, the people at Bantai were good enough to, 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 you know, want to speak to me, and um, and gave me the opportunity. You know, which, which I. You know, I was very, very, and still am very, very grateful for. And again, great, great people there. And uh, you know, obviously, I had a chat with Stevie about it. Stevie had indicated to me that his time was up. You know, he was at that age now where he was going to get a break and likes to. Go, still does likes to go and watch games, and he still goes and watches games for me and comes out to port and that. He's, you know, he's still active and doing that. Um, but he indicated to me, you know, it's time for you to to move on. You know, with good, great chats about that and. And I did, and I was very grateful to people at Banter that gave me the opportunity. Um, I'd taken over through Davy Gregg. Funnily enough, he'd went to, he'd went to the medal, mm-hmm. um, Davy, and uh, I took over him. Davy had a highly successful spell um, at Blantyre previously, won a couple of titles and gone up and stuff like that, and uh, he'd put the, the basis of a good squad there together. Somehow I knew boys that played for me before, like some Matt Thompson was there. Again, um, Lee McShane, who had played for me previously, Craig Smith. So these were players that I was familiar with. Um, and I knew, but I got the opportunity to get in there. And I took Ian Penman, who was our coach at Irvin Meadows, as my assistant there, and brought in Michael Toland, who was an ex-teammate and an ex-player. He was at Ashfield in the early days. And we, I think we found him about you know fourth from bottom um, at Blantyre. Um, added a couple of players in. You know, got the boys training, and, and you know, again building their relationships and that, and it with, with, with the boys and getting them thinking, selling your ideas to them, and getting them on board, which is important, and getting that. And I was fortunate to have a group of players that likes a, you know, Terry Hewitt and the likes a um, Davy Green and stuff like that, who are you know dead passionate, dead enthusiastic, and right behind it right away, and rallied the troops behind it. You know, the right good lads. You know what I mean? The, the lot of them and. Uh, no, they were, by the way, really hard-working group, really hard-working group of players. And over a series of weeks, because we, we, when I took over, the weather wasn't great, obviously, in Blantyre's part, then he had it particularly well, so there was a there was a series of weeks, believe it or not, where the games get postponed, and that gave me time, that was probably a blessing, because it gave us time to get working with the players and put our ideas across. And to be honest, we went on this remarkable run of games, so we did, I think it was about 10, 10 games or something like that, 12 games, we, didn't, we, we won every one. And we found ourselves up there, you know, um, and bearing in mind you've got the likes of Cumnock, Colwinnan, Clyde Bank, Largs, all in the league at that point who were really, really good sides. Um, and we took points after them all, you know. Um, 
which was good. But we finished we finished fifth in in the super first division that year. We just missed out. I think it was three or four points we missed out with. Um, again, it was a, we had a disappointing week. We get beat with Glencairn at Glencairn, and we went to Colsize and get beat at Colsize. Um, there as well, and I think we and we drew a game as well. So we picked up like one point out of three games out of nine, and kind of set his back. Or listen, I kind of firmly believe I, I've chatted with a couple of the committee guys, um, and you know about it, and and they were kind of saying, well, what are we going to do if this guy get, get promoted here? Do you know what I mean? Is that my cat going in? Do you know what I mean? Get yourselves ready, because I'm aiming to get promoted. I'm going to try and get players in that will get us up. I, I want to win. I want to do things. I want to, do you know, and, and you know what? They must be saying, aye, 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 aye. But think to tell me, well, well, just keep us in the league, son, and give your peace, you know? <laughs> and, uh, which is understandable. It's understandable, but you know you're, you're fighting to try and do your very best for your club. You know what I mean? And they did their very best for me. I would have to say at that point. And you know I, I'm I'm still very grateful to the people at Blantyre for getting back into the game so quick. You know it was a it was a bit of a godsend for me if I'm being totally honest with you because I didn't know what I was doing with myself at that point. And I did I had a few offers for people. You know you fancy coming in and a chat with doing this or doing that, and it just nothing seemed kind of right for me at that time. You know. Um, but that was a, that was listen. That was a good. Uh, I'm not going to call it a stepping stone. It wasn't a stepping stone. It, it it was a good opportunity for me at a really good club. You know, a really good club at that time. Something to put my own stamp on and that and and work with. Um, and the people there were first class, really first class was. You know, um, and I have to say, I, I was I was disappointed to 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 leave, but I had to. It was there was personal things there in terms of I just started a new job. You know, in in terms of you mentioned my teacher, but you know, I'm in a management position within, within within the school there as well. So I'd started that, and it was new to me. And you know that way, Paul, you you get it. You know, you you get midweek games, half six yeah. kickoff. Do you know, and you're trying to get, and I'm coming to Houston, to Blantyre, which is no two minutes in the corner. You know, <laughs> and you're trying to pick a team, and you're stuck at the lights, and you're you know, you're, you're starting to do all that stuff, do you know what I mean? And, and for anybody that knows me, that that's not me. You know, I like to be well prepared. I'm a wee bit, a wee bit anal about that, do you know what I mean? Making sure things are well well prepared, do you know what I mean? The, the guys that know it work with me are like, man, he's OCD, you know what I mean? <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it's got to be it's meticulous, it's got to be right, do you know what I mean? And, and what I felt myself is I wasn't doing myself justice. I certainly wasn't doing the club or the players justice and it wasn't fair. Do you know, it would have got to the point where things would have started to deteriorate by the way I, w- I was having to operate it. And I, and I didn't want that for the club, it wasn't fair. And I would have to say, you know, that they've appointed a good guy in Gibby. There, and he's done a brilliant job. A fantastic job he's done, you know. So, you know, I, I, I'll be, you know, delighted to, to see them next year in the league. I'm a bit of delighted, you know, to see some of the people there and catch up with yeah. them again. You know, great club. Hey, well, how old were you, Murdy, when you got your chance at number one? And did you find that quite uh, daunting going in there? You know, you know, you've not got Stevie beside you anymore, and, mm-hmm. and you're going in there. Did you naturally take up? The- I, I'm not lying. I don't mean this to any bravado in that, Paul. No, really. I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't, I didn't find it daunting. No, no, really. It's, and the reason I didn't, again, this is probably credit to Stevie as well. The reason I didn't is because of the way we operated. You know, Stevie gave me no carte blanche. I wouldn't say that at all because very funny. Very knew who the manager was and who wasn't. You know, but we were a partnership. We worked together. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, that's why we were successful because we we worked together. We communicated well with each other. 
you know, he knew my thoughts, I knew his thoughts, but we were always on the same page. And even if we had disagreements, nobody knew that. Do you know? Because Steve was the manager, he made the decisions. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sometimes he tamed my view and my opinion and thought it was a better idea. We'll go with that. And sometimes he overruled me and went, no, I think this. And you go to support that. And, and, and we did that, you know, and... You know, I was taking team talks at half times. I was doing things like that with Stevie. You know, and, and speaking to players in the dressing room environment, and you know, and giving them direction and 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 telling them what, what their jobs are and what what we want. I'm I'm a I'm a great believer. You know, you know, if you're not telling somebody what his job is, you can't get in the morning shouting bottom. There's no doing it. You you need to be like me. Like you said earlier, look yourself in the mirror and do that. I'm a believer in that. Uh, I reflect on that, but. Going into the Blantyre dressing room, there were some big personalities, but there were also personalities who knew me mm-hmm. and knew how I worked because they'd worked with me before. You like to see your Mark Thompsons and your Craig Smiths, like I say, the, these boys had had a lot of success with, under myself and Stevie, knew how we were operating, you know. Um, and obviously with, with Davey being so successful with them as well, leaving, that's probably been disappointing for them. You know, but I, I, you know, I'd like to think in, in the flip side of that, I'd like to see Lee McShane's and and Big Tomos and, and Craig would have been going like that. You know, although Davey's leaving, fair, you know, we're disappointed in that, but you know, at least we've, we've got a good guy coming and knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? So, um, I think that the, the boosted them a wee bit and the likes of Terry Hewitt and you know Davey Greens and stuff like that, Kevin Greens, big characters. And, and, and the rest of them, they responded right away. They responded brilliantly. I have to say, you know, I've not got a bad word to say about any of the boys. They, they boys were terrific for me in my time there. They really were. Probably didn't agree with everything I'd said or everything I'd done. No doubt about that, but they, they tell you what, they went about it. They, they followed it to the letter and, they, and, and, and I got the respect that, uh, you know, failing the year, you know what I mean? For the players, and they certainly have mine to this day. They still go it, you know. Um, but no, I didn't. I didn't find it. I didn't find it done. It was one. It was a great challenge, though. It's a great challenge. I, I would. I would be lying to say I was the, maybe a bit worried. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, it's one of them, isn't it? You, 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 you're being so successful with a partner. Aye. And you going to do your own thing and it all goes peep tong, isn't it? That's because <laughs> rankings know him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Listen. Listen, there's every opportunity, there's every opportunity that can happen. But listen, I've, I've had good people working with me as well. You know, you like to see Ian Penman, Billy Kerr. Do you know, and you know, working with Budgie McGee, working with Billy, and he's he's different class and all. He's, they're they're right good people. You know what I mean? So <laughs> and I was worried, Joe. You know, previously Paul and all good people working there as well. You know, so aye. Just uh, just before we come on to the move to Pollock, this 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 borderline OCD. <laughs> you must have you must have some superstitions before games. Oh, listen again. I, I, I need to blame I blame Stevie for that. I know. Honestly, some of the superstitions he had, it wasn't really superstitions I have. I just like things done properly. Do you know what I mean? The, you know, let's see, let somebody half fall in the water bottles. That does my brain in. You're going to fall <laughs> them. Do you know? Don't don't half fall them. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> or, or that you know. I look at some of the young boys today and I'm going like that. They've got pink boots, they've got white boots, and they've got this and that. And I just, I, I actually don't say it anymore, but I think to myself, I'm going to just put black ones on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like that, so these are all the same. <laughs> you know, um, aye, but Steve, Stevie was unreal, unreal for all that stuff. So he was, you know, um, well, like what meticulous. Kind of aye, meticulous and all, like, so like straps and stuff. You know, actually, you know, we didn't have any money, we were about 300 straps. Honestly, you know, different different sponsors, different people, you know, wanting to help us out because we're doing well and that. I love that strap, 
you know, and oh, maybe we'll get this strip, we'll get that strip. And you just, my God, man, it was dead good to the boys, but that's a thing, you know, you get, right, we'll get your training gear, we'll get you this and we'll get you that, because what we couldn't give financially, you could give them in other ways and helping them and, and looking after them and making it as professional as possible, you know. Um, but he was like, he's lucky underpants, that was the other one. <laughs> he used to slaughter them for them, honestly. These things were hanging apart, so they were. <laughs> Honestly, I can't believe his wife Jennifer. I think she used to iron them, they'd seams in them. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> stay, oh, stay pressed pants. Oh, they stay pressed, aye. Honestly, <laughs> oh, I used to get small ones in the new office, so he did for it. So, yeah, you, you, you a tracksuit manager? You like, you like a suit on a match day? Um, listen, a bit of both. I, a, bit, a bit of both. I'm, I'm, I'm generally in the. You know, I, I, I'm a quite a hands-on manager. You know, I like to get involved in the training and all that. And it's something I struggle with. I know why. It's something I struggle to stand back. And, and it's not a trust thing because I, they, I trust impeccably the guys have got with me. But it, it's like, I just love coaching. I love being involved. I love working with the players. I love doing that. So, you know, training and all that stuff. I'm dealing with my training game on. Saturday's generally the same, to be honest with you, because it, it gets a bit muddy and that. But if the weather's nice, then I don't mind having... You know, a shot and tie on or something like that. Something it depends on the occasion, doesn't it? It's always mm-hmm. good to represent the club well, you know. So, aye, but you know, some people say I just look, I just look the same anyway. You know, shot and tie and suit on, still look like a tramp. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Murdo's got a, a mutual friend, Paul Kelly, manager of uh, Saint Rocks. I notice he's gone for the the pet look these days. Have you have you seen Big Paul in the dugout? Oh, has he done away with the cravat, has he? Oh, he's... <laughs> he's in there, he's in there. He's in there, he wants to be pep. Uh, uh, the toss-up between him and Rankin, who's got the worst gear in it? Two of them, two of them gear's terrible. <laughs> Honestly, Paul's gear's rotten enough, so it's absolutely rotten. <laughs> uh, obviously, we've, we've talked about you leaving Blantyvex because of the, the work commitments. Mm-hmm. Talk us through the whole thinking behind going to Pollock, then. Um... Well, it was the position, yeah, more than anything, because the assistant manager's role. I'd done it long, that long. I knew it inside out. Do you know? I knew what the job, the role was. I knew what the job was. I know they're kind of slightly different, person to person, but um, I knew the role, and I could date with my eyes shut the role. Do you know what I mean? Because again, I had done it that long. That's no I mean Larry. It's just a length of time I had done it. You know, you know what's involved in it and what the duties are and. And run, and, and, and run about it. Um, being a manager the day and, you know, this kind of climate that we have, you know, and it's, it's a big commitment. Paul, you, you back me up on that. It's a huge, Absolutely. huge commitment. You know, it's almost it's, it's like a full-time job at times, you know, and, uh, you know, you're, you're involved with the football, the training, recruitment of players, you know, you're dealing with committees, you know, you're, we've got a huge academy, there's a link there, so you've got that kind of responsibility to the academy and working with the coaches there and working, seeing the kids and, and doing that. So there's a whole lot that goes along with it, managing a budget, all that, and the time that that takes is, you know, remarkable. And, you know, going out the game, leaving bland tire, it, it was a difficult decision for me because, you know, things are going well. Do you know, why would you leave something that's gone well? Do you know, and, Mm-hmm. But it was just, it was just, you know, the time that was required for for to do it and do it the way I wanted to do it. Do you know, not just, you know, you know, throw a leg at it. You know, the way I wanted to do it and do it properly. You know, I just didn't have the time. I just didn't have the time to do that. I mean, I was offered the opportunity to go to Pollock. Do you know, um, 
it, it was a, it was a good chance to get back into the game at the, at the top level, you know, which was great. A, a top top club, really really good club. Competitive games, you know, big games, potential cup finals, this and that. You know, it ticked the boxes for me, and then you know, without the kind of doubtly of time, you know, that you would need to put in as a as a manager, you know. As it turns out, you know me, you know, that just doesn't work. I end up dedicating time anyway, you know what I mean? And you go, what have you done here? You know what I mean? Where, where, where are you going? But um, but no, it was, a, it was a good opportunity. It was a good opportunity to come to Port and join Port. And it was one I was, I was grateful for. You know, it was good. You then went from assisting to managing. Mm-hmm. Now you, you've mentioned him already. You've got Budgie McGee yep. alongside you. You've talked about the relationship you had with Stevie mm-hmm. when you were number two. I mean, what's that relationship like with Budgie right now, and how how much of a rock has he been through? Kind of some of the, the I don't know, the tougher times, maybe I don't know, or you know, when, when you're in two minds, or when you've got decisions to make, when you can lean on that kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, I would say he's a first class person, you know, a first class person. Um, he's, he's, you know, and I would say that about the other guys I have there as well, and Billy Kerr, goalie coach, and Ian Penman, our, our coach as well, who worked with me at Blantyre. Um, First class person, knowledge of the game, outstanding. You know, um, the, the, you know the, there was thinking behind approaching Budgie. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. You know, when when I when I did go and have the thought about going to Budgie, Budgie and I go back a long, long time. You know, um, I actually played with Budgie at Shelston when I was a boy. I was only eighteen, and Budgie was kind of in, in you know in the heights of his career. You know, um, and, and the juniors a top player, by the way. Firstly, a really top player. You know, um, learned a lot through him. But we go back to then, you know, and uh, and, and we've always been getting touched. You know, you know, to some extent because we've always been competing against each other. You know, when we were at Ashfield, Budgie was at Clyde Bank and coming up through the leagues together and competing. It, it was they were probably our main rival at one point, Clyde Bank. You know, without a doubt, they were. Um, so always like that. So. I knew Budgie's knowledge of the game. I knew as a young manager at Park, you know, bearing in mind I'm 39. I think it was 39. And I just, or maybe I just turned 40 when when, when I was, you know, um, given the Park job. So, you know, some people would say that's maybe a bit young for a Park manager, but, you know, I've got a lot of experience behind me, you know, for what I've done previously. But I thought getting into that role as well, having somebody at Budgie's experience would be vital. You know, because you know yourself, Paul, when you're standing out there in the, in, in the touchline, sometimes you can get blinkered in your own thoughts. And sometimes you need somebody around about you to bring you to that and say, no, listen, you need to think about this in a different way here. We need to, you know, and, and bouncing it off people is important. And the football knowledge I've got around about me is great. Was I 100% confident he would attain me up in it and I've done that because, listen, under no illusion, I've got great respect for Budgie and I've got great respect for what he's done in the game and he was a a superb manager in his own right, you know, through his times at Clyde. What he done at Clyde Bank was unreal. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's phenomenal. You know, about that club's a legend there. You know, he should be regarded as such anyway. And um, and I'm, I'm sure he is. You know, a lot of a lot of Clyde Bank supporters have some great admiration and respect for him. But you know, moving on to Coburnie as well. You know, done a, a good job there as well. You know, so I wasn't a hundred percent confident that took me up in it. Thought I had to get some, you know, some chat with him and whatever. But he was very open to it. My doubt was obviously being a, a number one himself. You know why would they want to, you know, come and work with me as a number two? 
and I think maybe the time was right for him. You wouldn't even need to ask him about it. The time was right for him. He felt it was a good position for him, and maybe a wee bit of what, what I was feeling at Blanta at that time, the kind of time and having having done all that and maybe alleviating that wee bit in a slightly different role was appealing to him. But, you know, I have to say it was a bit of a coup in our part, you know, being able to get him. I was, you know, delighted that he, he you know, he agreed to join me there. Um, I've got a really strong management team there, so, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm delighted to have them. They're, they're all great guys as well, importantly. Brilliant guys, brilliant crack with them and that, you know, and, um, does Budgie but, does Budgie fill the bottles up full as well? No chance, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think he's see, be honest, he laughs at times because I think he's he's, he's getting to know my traits a wee bit. <laughs> but man, you know, he kind of just switches after him, pulls a wee face there again, or away again. But no, he's good, and, and I tell you what, he is, he's a he's a really calming influence. He's a calming influence. I know the boys have got great respect for him as well, as do I. You know, I've got a tremendous amount of respect for him. And, uh, but he's a calming influence as well. I'm quite an emotional person, quite a fiery person at times. I don't know if you know that. Um, but, <laughs> but, I certainly know that. <laughs> I, I know that. Oh, yeah. no, no, I've some of them are my older age. But no, Budgie's really a calming person. And in the height of emotion and the height of everything that's gone on, you know, he's very, very good, you know, to bring clarity, bring things bring things um, the girl for me so I have absolutely no regrets about bringing him on more of it you know he's absolutely been a joy to work with an absolute joy to work with um, thoroughly enjoyed working with him and what if again it's another example of another person that I've worked with that I've learned so much with you know um, along the way you know because he's uh, his knowledge of the game is different class it's really phenomenal you know contact's phenomenal and uh, we've got a group chat as well and he likes to pick up a wee picture now and again you know you know, in 1983, him, Ibrooks playing against Ali McCoyst and whoever else, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> up against McAvery or, you know, Frank McGarvey or whatever, you know, so he's pinging these up and it's, honestly, some of the, the pictures he puts up and some of the stuff, you know, the occasions he's played in, you know, frightening, absolutely frightening, do you know what I mean? What a career he's had, you know, a lot, a lot of senior games, what a career, you know, and as I say, I remember back to thinking when I was 18 and playing with him, Budgie was kind of a bit older in his thirties, kind of mid to late thirties, and then, phew, frightening. What you know? What a player then? Even learning as a player for him, terrific. You know, but a top top guy. Listen, top top guy. The, the, the three of them all that I've got got work amazing. Top people, really top people. You know. Just uh, based on what you were saying there, then about being a bit fiery at times, is that something something that you've I don't know. Have you have you mellowed over the years, or is it something you've is it is it something that you've consciously you've you've or, or do you like that? I mean, it, it can sometimes be a bit of a it can be a strength sometimes, can't it? Bit of passion, but I guess it's got to be controlled in the right way. Ah, it's got to be controlled in the right way. I think I think early doors, I learned early doors that if you just go in and shout and ball all the time, it loses its impact. It does, you know, and players switch off. They don't respond to it. Um, People say to me, oh, the game's changed and stuff like that. I don't really agree with that. I don't think the game has changed. Players have changed, I would say that. You know, and how I treat my players is maybe different to how I was treated. And I don't mean that I don't mean that bad to any of the managers that I had or anything like that, but it was just a, it was a different era. Different, you know, there was things said and accepted and you got on with it. And there were certain things that were said that I I, 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 would, I couldn't say to players nowadays it's just it's a different you know different um, time 
um, if you like. But I'm a passionate person. You know, I'm, I'm passionate about my club and about my players and about them doing well. Importantly for them, not for me, for them. It's not. It's not about me. And I keep. I say to the boys, you know, listen. What your, what your aim is and. 20 year time when your career's done and you're finished you know you can come back into pot go into the committee room there's your picture up there with the Scottish Cup or with the league there's your teammates that you'll always have a, an affiliation yeah. with and a bond with for all the years and you know so I'm, I'm passionate about that I'm, I'm passionate about that shouting and bonds and that side of the part I'm, I'm kind of mellowed with that now. in my early days without a shadow of a doubt I'd be a liar to sit here otherwise um, I did <laughs> I get sent off Um at, I mean, sent off twice in my pot career. You know, um, one was unjust. And the referee admitted so afterwards. You know, he was just it was a bit. Of, I was maybe a bit too loud shouting about something that that one day he came out and I think he kind of misunderstood it and he just got the pointy finger out. You know, and just one of them on your own. <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't know if it's coincidence or no, but we scored in the last minute. It was against going after we scored in the last minute, um, and I was walking around the park. You know, um, <laughs> the other one was Hurlford and uh, a ball get played up round about the box and, and I felt that defender had come through the back of your defender in the box and and I was screaming, you know, penalty and the ref got a bit of verbals opening eyes and got a bit of verbals, he summoned the ref on where he comes and um, sends me off. But a few days later somebody kind of sent me a snapshot, a snapchat after something, I don't know, it was... You know, it was a forum or whatever it was. I don't know. They sent me something anyway. And it's you know, Paul Assistant Murdy McKinnon was ordered from the technical area for telling the people in the Morrison's car park that his player should have had a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> Morrison's was going to buy for it. I was like, oh, listen, it's one of them. But no, I, I would say I've mellowed. I've, I've kind of, I've kind of mellowed. The boys that work with me, Budgie, that will disagree. I was going to say we'll get them on in a future show just to double oh, check yeah, that to verify that. Should. You should, man. You you get some great stories for them, but no, it's I I, I like to think I've mellowed. Um, I, I like to concentrate and focus on the game a wee bit more now. And, and listen, there's always frustrations, isn't there? There's always frustrations, but I try and channel in a different way. And when I don't, the boys are quick to get the leash on me. You know what I mean? Get a grip of him before he loses it. <laughs> but would you say, Murdo, though, your manager of Pollock, you win 80, 90% of your games. When you're further down the divisions, especially when you're down with arm, decisions, you know, decisions go against you and you get caught up in it a wee bit more. But when you, you obviously kind of move up a little bit and you've got a good team and you're, and I'm not saying that we don't have a good team, we've got some really good players in our team, but you know, decisions go against you a wee bit when you, when you need a bit of rubber the green. And that's where I get caught up. That's where I get sent off. <laughs> You know, yeah, it, 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 must, it must get easier when you're managing Pollock, surely. Listen, not really, not really, because there's different expectations and there's different, you know what I mean? There's, when you're doing the leagues in Ashfield, I maybe had 30 people calling me or whatever. You've got 700 of them calling me, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> that's the difference in it, but nah, it, it, there's different pressures in different places, Paul, and is, people talk about pressures, I ain't word actually, because people can say, man, I mean, is it, you know, a lot of pressure on you. It's no press football, it's no pressure. Aye. Job three wins and can he feed them's pressure, mate? Pressure, man, it's be real here. You know, it's football, although I take it really seriously. But you know, it's um, a different expectation, is what I would say. Do you know, there's different expectations there, and you're right, Paul. You know, you're doing the leagues. I remember there myself, you get caught up in it, you think things are going against you. You know, I used to think that before I went to Irvine Meadow and all, by the way, you know what I mean? We would go down there with Ashfield and get nothing, they would get everything. 
you're getting them out because they're the big team, all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Going through your head, and then actually being in the hot seat down there, <laughs> got nothing. Exactly. <laughs> then you start thinking, it's it us. Not <laughs> 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 the teams, it's it us. <laughs> but no, it's like it is. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of you. You then end up at a big club at the side of the park, representing a big club. And you feel the same that you're not getting it, and everything's gone against you. You're not getting the rubber of green. You're getting, not getting the decisions and this and that. I think it's interpretation at times, and you know, I've had some ding dongs with referees over the years, and you know, as I say, I'm not getting them, but it, it's like I reflect back now and I, and I think, what are you doing? Do you know, <laughs> the, you know, what are you doing? The guys out there trying his best. Do you know what I mean? If he turned around and gave you the whistle and said, right, on you go, you get a go then, you would, you know what I mean, run a mile. Absolutely. Not a chance would I do their job, not a chance. I remember at Ashfield actually, I did have to do refereed the first half of a game. Because it turned up, the referee was an hour late. He'd, he'd slept in or get told the wrong time or something. So Stevie was like, I mean, this was early doors, you know, in, in, in my Ashfield career, and he was like, look, you need to. Yeah, I said, I'm not reffing it. He said, well, I can't, I'm a man. You need to go in and ref it. So I went on, first off, reffing it, and I get called for everything, honestly. <laughs> God, called me everything. You know, you're fat, so-and-so, you're this, you're that, you're, you know, whatever else. And that was just my own players, by the way. That was my own, <laughs> that was my own players. I was in opposition. Pelters. I'd never so pleased to see a referee walking through the door in my life. Neither I was. Honestly, why see the abuse go off me? <laughs> You talk about uh, the pressure of football not being real pressure, and just to finish this section of the show, obviously in April, Franny McNeil passed away, didn't he, at Pollock, and uh-huh. he caught the coronavirus. And I mean, how, how much, how much of a personality was he around the club, and, and how much will he be missed when when football eventually resumes? He was a Fran, Franny. Firstly, was a wonderful person, um, a real gentleman. A real, real gentleman. A giant of the junior game. Uh, I would say, you know, vastly respected across the game. Um, A huge loss for our club. Massive loss. I can't emphasise how much of a loss Franny is for the club. Um, Mr. Pollock is, you know, what people referred to him as. People mentioned Pollock. One of the first people we thought about was Franny McNeil. You know, um, I, I, I'm very proud that I'm obviously, you know, the the last manager that, you know, Franny appointed at Pollock, you know, before he had passed. I'm very proud of that fact. And uh, as I say, he's, he, he's someday that I'll, I'll solely miss, the club will really solely miss. And um, miss his guidance. You know, he's always good for great experience, great football man. Mm. You know? um, always great for a, a wise word. Do you know what I mean? Um and you know he was great for a story and all some of the stories he'd tell are brilliant absolutely brilliant honestly I loved him I loved listening to him he was great um, but he'll be missed he'll be he'll be sadly missed sadly missed uh, you know at Pollock for sure um, I'm sure the club will do something for him when we get back but he'll be missed he'll be missed at clubs that we visit when we get there he'll be missed at Alkenlet he'll be missed at Glen Afton there's people doing there great friendships with do you know what I mean Um you know, people are athletes and rivals and stuff like that. He built great friendships over the years with these people. Great respect for them and, and they'll miss him as well. You know, I'm sure he's, he's listen, a loss for the game. There's no doubt about that. He's, his son that still comes to the games, Paul, an ex-Paul player, what a player he was. 
tell you, great striker. Um, so he still comes to the game, but it was a very, very sad and emotional time for everybody at the club. You know, um, and it still is a bit raw, still a bit raw at this at this time. You know, I would I would, I would say, um, but you know, hopefully in the future we can bring success. You know, some stuff that Franny would be proud of. That's the kind of that's the kind of aim. Hopefully we can do that. Yoko's top scorer last season, Gregor Cree, has extended his contract to another season. Ryan McCree, David McGrath and Chad Meekin have also signed on at Home Park. Ben Burb have brought in forward Danny Mackay. He's previously played for the likes of Kilmarnock, Air, Beath and Neilston. Rossville boss David Gormley was on the show two weeks ago and he's been adding to his squad after landing former Queen's Park and Sterling goalie Owen Stott. And lastly, we were all saddened to learn of the passing of 18-year-old Bells Hill youngster Liam Scott following a tragic accident on the weekend. Our thoughts go out to Liam's family and all at Bells Hill. Terrible news out Paul, at uh, Bells Hill. I know you know some of the, the management team there. Do you know what? Just even you read now, there, Gareth kind of gives you a horrible kind of shiver down you, honestly. Uh, yeah, David Manilos, who's the assistant manager there, and, and played in New Mains last year, kind of text him throughout the week and, and, and he had mentioned that honestly absolute tragic and obviously our thoughts go go to all the family because well I just don't even think we can contemplate what it, what it must be like right now uh, it's very sad and you know condolences and real condolences to Liam's family and everybody at Bell South everybody at Park as well it's, you know it's Paul I would just matter what Paul said it's you know absolute tragic son you better think honestly what these mum and dad and that are going through yeah yeah Hi, Stephen Aitken, East Coast Bayern manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Which brings us to Inside the Mind. Each week we'll put our guests on the spot to look deep into their psyche and discover some hidden stories. Okay, Murdo, you ready for this? Yeah, let's go. Right, who was your idol as a boy? Well, I had a few. Um, you know, a big Rangers fan, you know, growing up. And uh, so I had a lot of them, you know, like Sir David Cooper. You know, I loved David Cooper when I was younger. Brilliant, what a player. You know, he was an absolute magician. Kind of grown up like a Brian Loudrop and Paul Gascoigne. You know, I always spoke about football with my dad a lot and he always spoke about, you know, you're comparing players, you know, saying, you know, he's bringing up the likes of Pele and this and that and I'm throwing Maradona at him. Do you know what I mean? So I think, I think obviously Maradona was probably the greatest player ever. You know, phenomenal, phenomenal. But I have to say, if, I, if you had to, I have to put my, my finger on it, idol, has to be Super Ali, Ali McCoyst. Yeah. I was, he was he was a man, wasn't he? he? Growing up, do you know what I mean? Um, I met him once when I was a when I was a kid. I met him I met him a number of times. Um, but when I was a kid, I remember that. You know, I was I was with my grandfather in, in town and just kind of walking through the town. And we met him. It was him and Ian, your aunt Ian Ferguson at the time. And my granddad asked me, "Do you mind you give me a wee autograph?" And honestly, they were I never forget it. They were great, great with me. Um, Get his autograph and I remember getting him, you know, it had made my year, now I mean my night, you know, what I mean? it was like, you know, it was unreal. I'd meet Alan McCoyst and Angel Hunt and all that, you know, you can tell me your pals at school the next day. You know, I must have been, you know, what, eight or nine, you know what I mean? You were like phew, cloud nine, honestly, after it, but nah, the greatest, greatest goal scorer ever, McCoyst, you know, absolutely brilliant. Uh, who's the opponent you always dreaded facing? Again, I'm no. I mean, I, I never really dreaded facing anybody. I never really thought of that, to be honest. I played against some good players. Maybe they coached against some good people. You know, really knew the game. You know, played against like Sir Barry Ferguson when we were younger. And, you know, listen, you don't need a super scout to spot a player like that. 
you know what I mean? He was talented then. Was there somebody you had a battle with who was a tough opponent, you know, who... Mick McBreary. I don't know if you remember Mick McBreary. Mick ended up playing for me at Ashfield. Mick was a tough a tough character. Um, in our younger days, Chris McKee. Remember Chris played at Nielsen and all that, and, and he played there. Chris was um, Brian Smith, ex-Paul himself, and Mary Hall and that. You know, playing against these boys. Um, particularly when we were younger, there was always ding-dogs. When I were into the juniors, no, really. There wasn't really any, any, you know, any real... You know, any person that I really battled against, but particularly in our younger days, you know, and it were twenty ones days and that, because we all played with good teams and that, we all thought we were the the berries, you know what I mean? So there was a bit of pride at stake and all that and all, you know what I mean? So it was, um, I some good battles across the day, coaching wise. You know, I would say Wally Parson and Scott Smith were always big rivals of myself and Stevie, probably because of the relationship we had. We were we were close friends, and at one point you always want to beat. You, know, you want to get the bragging rights, and then obviously Budgie, his Clyde Bank team and our Ashfield team, we were you know, we were bang at it for for a number of years. You know, really competitive with each other. You know, and some of the games that we played were phenomenal games. They won some, we won some. Do you know what I mean? I like to remind them of the ones we won, right enough. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh, what was the favourite football top you wore, and why? Favourite football top, obviously my Rangers top. You know, when you were a kid, my Rangers top with nine McCoys in the back. I always loved a Scotland top as well, I have to say. I'm a big, I'm a big Scotland supporter as well. So I, I prob- probably that. But I tell you, the first top I ever had was an Ipswich Town top. Ipswich Town? I and Terry Butcher and that were playing with Ipswich Town, I think. I, and I, I think I was maybe primary four and I came home and told You didn't get into the school team, you were on P5. And I came home and told my dad they'd asked me to go into the school team in primary four. Because um, I was playing with older, I always played football with older boys and, and get about. So he for the school training, he went and got me a switch town strat. I don't know where they got it for the <laughs> Robert Stores or something like that in the tune, you remember Robert Stores? <laughs> then I was starting to this I don't think he wanted me going in the Rangers top or anything like that, you know. So, <laughs> but I had switch town. I always remember I did this one, three stripes down the sleeve and the old Adidas logo, you know. Classic. Ah, it sticks with me, the old tap switch town, aye. Who's the best player you've played with? Um, Frank Haggerty. Again, ex-Port. Frank played at Rangers and stuff like that. Played together when we were younger. Tremendous. Alan Jack. Um, Jacko. Phenomenal. Again, we played at school and that together. Played, he actually played for Budget Clyde Bank, Jacko, and his brother John as well. Played with him. Um, what a left foot Alan had. Probably one of the best free kick takers I've ever seen in my life. Honestly. Um, played with the Benz as well. Uh, Jack Way had a, a really good career in, in the junior, so I, I would I would hazard um, one of them. Played with Paul Maxwell as well. Set up Mesty has goals. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maxie was a right good striker, but I yeah, I played with I played with some good players. Yeah. And what's the best practical joke you've seen played in football? <laughs> I've got too many, some that I can't repeat, but. Um, it's probably a toss up between Paul McDougall and not as Paul McDougall has to be has to be Paul McDougall I don't know if you know Paul McDougall Paul is crazy Paul's star crazy a brilliant guy lovely lad but half his seat and Mick McBeauty I mentioned earlier played with at Ashfield later in his career now Mick was um, a project manager for a building firm I think they were a German firm can't remember but Mick always had he always came in we were driving in and bangers and all that you know what I mean Mick came in and big jeeps and all that at this time do you know what I mean? And everybody was like, oh. And, you know, he, he always had 
he's always a suit, shirt and tie and all that, Mick. Right, but he's one. Mick was one of these guys, and I'm sure I hope he doesn't mind me saying, but he could put a three thousand pound suit on Mick and he'd still go like a black bag. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so he comes in this night, and it's the height of winter, and Paul's one of these boys. McDougall's one of these boys that no matter if it's Christmas, he's got Christmas decorations to sell. If it's you know what I mean, if it's the summer, he's got he's got you know whatever it is in the summer, he's got beach boys and you know swimming pools to sell. He's one of these boys that's always got something on the go, and. Uh, McBreedy comes into the dressing room, he swaggers in, and he, what do you think of that boy? Eh? And he's got this new silk tie. So it is. And it's like somebody threw pots of paint on it. You know, that multicoloured. Sure, honestly, it was a shamble. What do you think of that? 50 quid, look at it, pure silk, all that. Real high, very good. So at the back of Ashfield, I don't know if you know Ashfield, at the back of Ashfield, there was a wee red ash training park. Yep. And it was at the height of winter. Stevie had done it again, doing his best, get lights put up in it, and, and that's where we trained. And we, and we loved it, and we were in about it there. But McDougall was injured. So it was in November time, it was running about Guy Fox. Now, you know, in the bonfire and that, and McDougall was selling fireworks at the time. <laughs> so you know where this is going, didn't you? So <laughs> we've come back around after training, and always we've heard this, oh, McBreary. And we're looking at the park, and it's pitch black out in the park. You can't see, you know what I mean? Two feet in front of you, you're looking out. And there's McDougall out in the middle of the park. Honestly, he's planted a rocket in the centre circle. It's about five feet high. So it is this rocket, and it's got McBreary's tie tied to it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> up it went and exploded I remember the ties came down in ribbons honestly and there's a warrior we're all hanging out of the wall howling absolutely howling maybe he's raging <laughs> he's absolutely spewing he's done his tie McDougall's <laughs> out in the middle of the park dancing out in the middle of the park with this rocket coming down running about him and a shrapnel tie you know that coming down honestly <laughs> What a boy, man. Brilliant. That's, that's certainly a different one tonight, isn't it? Oh, Brilliant. Brilliant. That's a, that's a good one. Well done. I, that, was, that, was, that, was the be, that was the best one. So it was in... Um, we Paul Quinnick, Glenn Kiel, and I probably hazard that one, borderline me. Scott, I wasn't there at the time, but they were telling me it was Scott Smith. Big Scott used to go... It was John Conlon was the manager at the time. Used to go to Australia, see his uncle and that. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they'll tell me you know Quinny's missus you know booked up the holidays from her and she was a travel agent and he comes back and he big Scott always sent a postcard to the boys to annoy them you know what I mean because we're all trading the rain and all that he's in Australia wasn't his uncle and we Quinny we Quinny got his wife to book he comes into the changing room after it says alright he says no I'm not alright you know like Quinny's going to what's the matter he's got a smirk in his face and that and it's he says aye he was alright he says all the way to Sydney vegetarian meals very good me man very good she's absolutely raging she's like it's half a plane at Sydney and there's somebody standing there with a wheelchair for me Mister. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's done him done him tight we, we when he was brilliant and all John Dulles done him and all he's, he turned up he got all glen, I don't know if you remember the old Glenkern park, park very muddy when he forgot his joggy bottoms for training and this wee guy was up to everything honestly what a player by the way you know, Paul Quinn was what a player, brilliant. And Kevin Murray and all that, a right good team had there, big wasn't it? And John Dodds, Dodds who great left foot in him. Again, salesman, shirt and tie, suit and all that. So he comes into the end, Quinn used to go to his tracky bottom, so he gets a dodd of that electrical tape after the physio. Gets Dodds his strides, puts them up on there. We're all warming up and he puts the three stripes down with electrical tape. <laughs> strides on, tucks his socks in. And he's doing that way, he's doing knees up, snow up with Dodds. Dodds, all right, how are you doing there? He's doing knees up and he's got his trousers on. Some <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous, man. Some ridiculous stuff went on. 
Pollock manager Murdo McKinnon is on the show tonight. Murdo, you mentioned uh, Ali McCoist and Davy Cooper amongst your choices for idols. So which one of them did you model your playing days on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about I'm your a, playing days. I was a midfield player. I was I was near um, you know, I certainly was near David Cooper. Do you know? Um who else did I mention? <laughs> Alan McCoist. Didn't score a lot of goals. <laughs> Those many tap wins as I'm anyway, but ah, nah, nah, no, no end in that, in that, that quality. The, I mean, the only reason I ask was, I mean, you, you said earlier that you're reaching a higher level as a coach than you did as a player. Mm-hmm. Do you look back on your playing days and did you fulfil your potential and your, just your potential was at level or did you make the most of it? Or? I, listen, I had good times playing football. There was no extent. Early, early on, in my childhood, I had high hopes to become a professional footballer and do all that, and I was quite dedicated and did that and had a bit of talent. Um, and I could play, I could play, but um, got to the ages of 21, was very, very successful and playing at that, that early level. You know, I had a couple of spells in the junior game and stuff like that before that as well. You know, I played with St. Rocks when I was 16, mm-hmm. you know, under Peter Taggart and stuff, you know, and playing with guys like Andy Heafy and all that. And, you know, frightening life out you, so they would, you know what I mean, you're, you're 16, you know, but these were good learning curves for you, you know, you toughened you up a wee bit, and, like, you know, the game again, playing with Budgie when I was 18, so I had wee spells in and out the juniors, and you know, at that, that age, Paul, when you're 18 and you're playing at a successful club, you're not getting a game in that when you're 18, so it was back to play with me in kind of age level and, and, and start to play, you know, regularly, and I enjoyed that, I played with Knights with 21s and that, and, had a really successful time, really successful spell there over a couple of years and that. And uh, coming into the juniors, I enjoyed playing in the juniors. Played at played at Glencairn and played at Ashfield and, and Benburb. With guys that I got on well with, really good teammates. You know, won a couple of things, but nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. You know, you're talking about potential. You know, there was by that time I, I wouldn't suggest that there was anything majorly special. I was a journeyman kind of junior player, and I enjoyed to play. I enjoyed enjoyed playing. And uh, I've got no doubts in my own, my own kind of mind that the, the kind of coaching took over for there. And, and I've been more successful as a coach than I was as, as, as a player. You know, I, I was kind of mixing the football, playing the football and coaching at the same time, which probably didn't help me very much. And very quickly with the kind of success where I was having with, with Stevie, I, I, I was quite quick to take a step back for the playing side and let the boys who could do it well do it. Do you know what I mean? Because... I played in an Ashfield team that were with great boys and some good players like say Paul Maxwell and that. But I would I would probably say we weren't the best team in the world. Do you know what I mean? We were young, we were naive and there was other boys come in that were better and I knew my role and I had a good role, I had a great role and it's a, it's a, it's a role I, I look back with fondly. You mentioned your, your coaching in the academies at Samir and Hamilton and Rangers. Was that, a, again, a good kind of foundation, if you like, for what you're doing now? And did it give you the... The, the fuel for enjoyment as well of that side of things and, and was it something that that you, I mean it, it is a different skill isn't it getting mm-hmm. young players to play than than working with with senior players very, it is very much very much so I I really enjoyed it firstly the, the clubs that I worked at were, were excellent clubs and really well treated you know my first club St Murn was a brilliant brilliant club there it was Arthur Bell was the head of youth to tell it was actually a guy Davy Longwell that took over from it Davy I don't know if you know Davy yeah, David brought me into Sydney, and uh, I was working there a couple of years there, which was really really good. John Bean yeah, got me got to Hamilton there as well, and I was at Hamilton probably through one of the most successful times. You know, they were kind of rising up. You know, the likes of McCarthy's and that there. 
Um, both of them and when I went there I think we were in the old second division I'm on then so they went there obviously first division then Premier League so I was there through all that and, and seeing that you know through Alan Maitland the Billy Reid and stuff like that you know it was good to to see and get involved in, in, in my coaching kind of career progressed there um, well you know it, it was tutored well there it was it was good I learned a lot um, for, the, for the people there and then I left there wasn't coaching for a wee bit and then I got the opportunity to go to Rangers Jim Sinclair um, you know uh, took me into Rangers and you know obviously being a, a huge fan of Rangers it was an exciting time for me you know really really enjoyed working at Murray Park and that and there's a couple of lads I knew there Alan Boyd and, and stuff like that and Gary Gibson Gary and I were great pals and I was at Gary's wedding and all that you know and um, so they were there as well so it was brilliant working with not just the Rangers, but I mean across the board, there was a lot of young talent. We were, they were, you know, some different class players there. You know, the likes of the lad Liam Kelly, and that's a goalkeeper. Do you know what I mean? QPR, Tom Walsh, um, who's at Inverness and that, and that news. So I mean, that's just a couple of the boys. You know, there was a couple of players there that were, you know, special. You what lured me back. And it was addressing them. It was being a bit running about the players from the development side of it, which is great and very important to the competitive part of it. Playing for points, playing for wins, winning the leagues, getting promotions, fighting and scrapping for everything. It's a, it's a different environment. Do you know what I mean? And, and it just had a different pool for me, I would say. I'm Cammy Bell, Queen's Park goalie, and this is Down the Divisions. Before we finish up, we'll clear up the down the divisions decider. I know you've been champing at the bit for this poll all night. I can see you're getting a bit impatient there, wanting to find out if you've made it to a piece. I know the answer. That's because you've checked it on your phone. I know the answer, I think. Just a I quick think. reminder, we're looking for the year when Dr. Harold Shipman was found dead in his cell a day before his 58th birthday. Clyde Bank won Central League Division 2. Budgie could have helped you on that one. Uh, Murdo, I think, couldn't he? Uh, Arsenal's Invincibles become the first team to win the Premier League after going a whole season unbeaten and Jose Mourinho guided Porto to the Champions League then was named Chelsea's new manager and you both went for see if we give the answer you're raging aren't you <laughs> I'm not giving you the answer yet Paul <laughs> raging I, I, I went for 2004 and uh, so did my good friend Murdo yep well, I'm sorry to say you're both absolutely right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, if you hadn't got that one, then I'd, be, I'd have been asking serious questions, to be honest. You going into next week 2-1 down, me asking a question. Going to find my chances. What gave it away for me was Mourinho, because Celtic played in the UEFA Cup final in yeah. 2003. And Maldo said 2004, I knew that was the Invincibles year. But then I was trying to work out what year the actual Premiership started. Murdo, thanks for thanks for coming on the show tonight. Really appreciate you you being here. Love the stories, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get you back on the show when when football starts going again, and uh, we can see how the West of Scotland League campaign is going as well. Absolutely, thanks for having me, guys. Really, I really enjoyed the night. Really enjoyed the chat. It was, it was great. Much appreciated. Was, Thank you for having me again. Great catching up, me, Murdo. Don't forget, you can get in touch with the show with comments or suggestions for people to speak to. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Do leave a comment, which helps others find us, and subscribe for alerts 
which will allow you to know when the latest episode is released. We'll speak to you again next week on Down the Divisions. Down the Divisions.